Here comes the biggest news ever. Trek Off the Motion Picture is available on Amazon Prime. That's right. The movie version of the podcast you're listening to. An actual movie. A motion picture on Amazon Prime. Available in the United States and the UK. Just go on Amazon and search for Trek Off. The word Trek Off. One word. And you can watch us. If you don't have Amazon Prime, you can you can like rent us or buy us. We're available on DVD on Amazon. But like streaming on Amazon Prime. And listen, please watch because it really helps us out. And share it. Give us good reviews. And share it on your Facebook page stuff, man. I'm just excited. Check out the motion picture. Warning. The following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to Dragon. My name is Justin. And my name's Alex. We're going to talk about uh, the life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. The end of Star Trek The Next Generation. If you yeah. exclude the uh, the continuing like eight years of films. <laughs> um, and really, and really, after first contact, maybe you want to stop counting them. You know. <laughs> At one point, I would like to sit down and have a a. Um, this might be an episode to do is to do a like not a an episode by not not a film by film review, but a, a an episode like dedicated to the juxtaposition between next generation movies and next generation TV show. Because while the difference between the original series TV show and the original series movies, it seems like there's a real incredibly stark difference between those two in tone and in look and everything. I think the differences between next gen movies and next gen series is more subtle because a lot of it looks the same. But yeah. I think there's I they think don't there's... have this because it's because they had so much better budget and technology yeah. going into the show. Yeah, you don't see the leap there, and they're and they're trying to be consistent with like DS Nine, which is going on at the same time, right? They don't want you know DS Nine to look one way, and then you you can't have DS Nine look one way, and then go to the next gen movies, and it looks like the Abrams Enterprise. You know, it's got to kind of right. Yeah, you can't. You can't have. Um, But I mean, you could, but it would have been a bad call. (laughs) I think there's, I think there's a real, I think there's a more subtle difference between those two, Um, because I think that the the next gen movies, especially Picard, is absolutely not the same Picard from. The next gen TV oh yeah show. no you've definitely said that and i'm not sure that i necessarily agree with you but yeah i think there's a conversation there i think it's totally because i feel i feel like i feel like they watched that one like diehard episode of of next gen where tuvok is a human and they like like hijack the enterprise and picard has to go through and the, you know the one i'm talking about um <laughs> no. yeah i think there's okay there's a there's you'll, you'll remember so the entire crew is stuck like in a conference and the enterprise are doing like a a clean sweep of the enterprise and there's oh. this thing going through and picard's stuck on there by himself and they're like four people trying to do some bad shit yes and so he, he goes is, back for his saddle yeah so so yeah, i feel okay. like they watched that episode of, of next generation and said yep we'll do that picard for all the movies they didn't i don't think they did that picard for all the movies but that, that picard's that, that part picard of picard man First contact and nemesis was totally that Picard. Like, like without a doubt, it was action hero Picard. 
um, which is not a bad Picard. Like, do we really want to get into it now, though? (laughs) Should you just say maybe this whole episode in and of itself, or are we going to finish season seven? (laughs) We already jumped ahead to like next month. Um, All right, so let's let's continue where we are. If you uh, are you just uh, if you're just popping in now to listen to uh, our Dirty Star Trek podcast, um, this is part three of three episodes uh, about Star Trek: Next Generation season seven five. So, uh, so um, be, sure, be sure to go back and listen to the, the first two parts of this conversation because there's lots of interesting uh, discussions to be had about what is really a uh, um, truly the definition of a hit and miss season. It's um, not, though. It's no, the, not. the definition of hit and miss is that you both hit and you miss. It's not a season sure. that misses. It's no, not a season I know, that... but, like, you, you, but I feel like if you're going to say hit and miss like then there's there's more miss than i think there actually is in season seven to, for for that to be the case i mean i guess technically anything any season that has a miss you could call hit or miss or right, I, I don't think say, that's I, I don't think that's in, in the spirit of what you're saying when you say hit or miss i think when you say hit or miss you mean like there's a lot of hits but there's also quite a few misses yeah I don't well, think I, okay, that's so, so let's so let again we're grading on a sliding scale like if i look at the worst team in the major leagues in baseball and I go, wow, they're not a very good team. Let's be clear. If we let that team play against a little league team, that team would absolutely crush. Um, and this is sort of the sure. same thing. We're talking hit and miss when compared to the whole of Star Trek The Next Generation, right? It's like it's like getting it's like getting, you know, a a four star meal at a five star restaurant. You know, like even even Sub Rosa, which is embarrassingly bad, has Horribly moments to bad. which ha- has moments to appreciate because the actors are good and it's well shot and the music is great and they know how to make this show and Patrick Stewart is great all the time. I mean, there are things even in that episode to enjoy. Um, you know, it's Very not like little, though, honestly, like, like I think that's one of the few ones at, like that you know with each subsequent watching, uh, it makes you angry. It comes worse. Yeah, but I, <laughs> you know I, what I, mean? I guess what I'm saying is when I say this is hit and miss, I'm not saying this is hit and miss compared to, you know, Celebrity Apprentice. You know, going, <laughs> this, is, this is hit and miss when compared to the whole of Star Trek The Next Generation. I understand the great, that, but I'm yeah. saying like the, like thus far, like of all the episodes we've done up till now and 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 uh, that and I think continuing forward, I feel like Sub Rose is really the only one that I that's that I feel miss. like yeah I, it's the only one that's a true true miss. miss I will say that you know? it does we, we mentioned a lot in the ones we talked that, that I feel the fatigue of Star Trek and the Next Generation at this point I feel the you know what what eventually I said was was a problem with Voyager and Enterprise was that they I feel the fatigue through a lot of that show where they're just like hey remember that episode we did before let's put these two or you remember part A of this episode and part B of that episode and part C of that episode well what if we just put them together and that's an episode like I feel like I feel like <laughs> at this point the the everything in the toolbox had been used and that's why I, I, I don't think... feel that way though and I think that's because to some extent for me anyway I as long as there's something fresh going on like there's like i guess maybe it doesn't phase me it doesn't occur to me that way it, it occurs like i'm i'm happy to have like meet more family members for instance um that doesn't that doesn't make me go oh really like we couldn't think and think of anything else um, i i and it's not that I, I i'm not articulating the way i mean to i'm not going oh you couldn't think of anything else i'm just kind of like like subconsciously going oh we're doing this again like it's it's you know it's like i guess we gotta tonight imagine. i'm taking my tonight i'm taking my space like like 
and this is i mean that's why that comic is so funny the one they have the the one with o'brien when he's just like yeah. like twiddling his thumbs in the yeah. <laughs> for somebody who's a transporter <laughs> um it's or the guy that, imagine or, or the, for them most days honestly are kind of just like anybody else's job like the same except in space yeah, but you, you, and then every you, also, while, you also like that terrible video game where you just get to explore space like uh, I do, yes. I think you, that that but is enough. You at least understand in the in the zeitgeist that that game is probably the most hated game of all time. That is just not true. I, well, I, no, I, don't, I, I, just, I tried to look for what you were talking about, and I couldn't find this. Well, there are lawsuits. You know, you know that there, you know that there is now a lawsuit against the. I, you I said, but I don't know where this law. I've not seen any evidence. What's of this the name lawsuit? of the game? Hold on. What's the name of the game? Real quick, we'll do this real quick. Then we'll do it. What's the name? No, of the game? we have to stay on just track. Tell me the, is it Overwatch? Is that the name of the game? No, that game is overrated. <laughs> what, what game is it? What game? What's the name of this game? It, I, I'm not going to give you Homeward Bound. I'm just start looking shit up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Homeward Bound Two: The Incredible Journey. What's the... No, <laughs> this is a game about a two dogs and a cat who are trying so hard to get back home. <laughs> I don't understand this game. That's actually a really good game. That would actually be a really fun game. Two dogs and a cat trying hard as they can to get back home. That would be an adorable game, actually. Like it would be like in the vein of like old murder. Disney games. Do you remember like old, like back in like I don't know, like Sega, SNES era? Like like Disney could make a really good game based off of like their properties. Like they were. I'm not saying that, like, uh, at the time, right? Like, if you compare it to, a, like, the sort of scale and grandiosity of games now, perhaps no. But then, when you just kind of had sort of a simple platformer or a simple adventure game, like, the fucking shit always looked really good. You know, like, it looked like the movie that you had seen, you know, by, I mean, if you're young, you'll think I'm crazy. But, like, if you're, if you're our age, you'll be like, I know, right? Uh, and it would, be, it would be fun, and it would be a good game. Uh, so... I think that that well, would I mean, and look, I think that I, I loved, like, and I'm not a long-form video game player very much, but I love Kingdom Hearts. Like, Kingdom oh, Hearts yeah, was, it's great. was fucking amazing. Yeah, like, and just the way that you've got these intertwining of the characters and, and people that you, you know, are you know, waiting to see, and, and it's, it feels like you're sort of in Disney world for real. Like, you know, it's just, it's cool. So, um, so yeah. I think that, that by the way, uh, this is from Extreme Tech uh, from September 29th, 2016. No Man's Sky is now under investigation for false advertising. Um, uh, that it goes through to to say that the discrepancies between the advertised game, the actual title include user interface design, ship flying behavior, large scale space combat structures and buildings as pictured flowing water, speed of galaxy, warp time, loading time, aiming systems, size of creatures, behavior of ships and sentinels, structures. And it goes through and it says how, how the advertisement for the game um, was vastly different than the game as presented. So that's, that's what is going on. Anyway. Okay. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, because if we get to it, then we will be sued for false advertising. <laughs> we said that this episode was going to be. We said this episode was going to be about continuing to talk about the next generation. Next generation seven, seven season. We're not. Can you imagine if we got sued for like all the episodes of Trek Off, where like we do get to the point for the first half hour of the episode, we're just talking like I'm in a play right now. <laughs> like, we're like, who the fuck? I mean, um, I think there's so many more times where we spend like a half hour or whatever, like just talking about other random 
uh, geek shit. I know. You know, not necessarily what's going on in our lives, but like, <laughs> like yeah, non Star Trekky things, I guess technically. Although I feel, I feel like I, I, I know if you go back in our in our catalog, I feel like we proved rather definitively that that everything comes back to Star Trek. So well, ultimately, especially in our head. I, all right. So last thing I'll talk about is last night. Um, I was shooting the movie that I'm working on, and um, and uh, my friend's daughter was there, and she was working on a uh, on on a project about Stephen Stephen Hawking. And she goes, she goes, Ooh, did you hear that Stephen Hawking was on an episode of Star Trek? And I said, yes, season six, episode 26, Descent Part Two. And everyone in the room was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I couldn't have told you the episode, like, number. Yeah. But, but yeah. It's the, it's the season finale of it. It's the, the season premiere of season seven was Descent Part Two, Descent yep. Part One. No, I know, because we started with, because actually Mr. Yeah. A was with me when that episode, when I started. Um, my rewatch of season seven and prep for this. And of course I was like, I'm not starting with part two. I have to start with part one. So I started with the end of season six. Which and, is Stephen Hawking. Which, right? And yeah, it's, it's Stephen Hawking and they're having, they're playing poker. Uh, and, and why they're playing poker is such a great reason. Like, it's so awesome. Of, of, like data, like I agree with him. Like if I had, you know, access to a, a holodeck and like the, sort of the conversations that just come up around like a poker table or any kind of a game table, like getting together these awesome personalities uh in in science like Stephen Hawking and Einstein like Ed who was the other one? it was uh the, the apple fell on his head oh, gravity Newton. Isaac Newton Isaac Newton yes uh it would be just what would that conversation be like what kind of things would they say to each other yes great. that's totally and, what I would use a holodeck for that's it that's what else. I would use. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't use it for nasty shit too, but I'm just saying I would. You know, you there's would. that would be really interesting to me, and there would be no cleanup. But like he, Mr. A, at one point, like I think he was actually distracted, like doing something else, and he was like, "Is that is that really Stephen Hawking?" I was like, "Yeah, it is. Damn right." He's like, "That's awesome." I was like, "I know, right?" Just proves was just more evidence that Stephen Hawking is the shit. Like, you know what I mean? That he was just like, yeah, I'll be on Star an episode of Star Trek. <laughs> you know, there's someone not? in Star Trek. You know that there's someone in Star Trek at some point who used the holodeck to like and make a version of themselves to have sex with. Ew, it's God, no, I definitely would. I, you know what? Could, could you do this on the holodeck? I don't know if this has actually been uh, talked <laughs> about. Could you make yourself look better? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you Different. know, we talk about like in media, you know how women... Uh, pretty much in any magazine, or like create spread. like a digital. They're photoshopped to such an extent that like, yeah. like sometimes it doesn't even fucking look like them anymore. Like, can you do that in, in, on the holodeck, like to yourself? Like a holographic tummy tuck or something. So when you're in it, you look great. Yeah, like yeah. So when you're. There, I don't know. That's a really awesome. interesting question. I mean, you would you would assume I would that definitely it... do that. Like, I don't think I would make a some version of me to fuck, but I would definitely make the version of me I wish I looked like. <laughs> like no, well, that, you know, that would here's happen. The thing. Here, here's the thing. One, one, not gay, but I, I think you you know you're not when when you're when you're jerking off, you're not like you you are technically having sex with yourself. You know that's sort. So it's I, I don't sure. know how that counts, but I think that I think the problem. But I, would be but is, I don't think you're doing it because you just can't keep your hands off. You're like you're just I'm so hot. Unless you're a narcissist, and those are out there. Um, well, I mean, I mean, here's so, the, yeah. Well, that one, one, one. Those are absolutely out there, and I can imagine that's what they would use it for. But here's the the other but thing. But I'm saying your average person is just doing it to get off. It's not just because it's like, God, look at my dick. It looks. Yeah, so but it's also. I just gotta touch it. There's an element of curiosity. My own cock, and I have to have it now. There's an element of curiosity there, though. Like what you know. What? But then I don't know if I want to know the answer to that. Like then I just would feel like I'd have to apologize a lot. Like, oh no, that's me. 
Yikes. Like um, of what sex with you is like. I don't want to know, man. I don't want to know. I think I think that I think that's I think a it would be I think it would be akin to I mean, I feel like for what you what you're talking about right now in terms of curiosity, I think you can get that just by like filming yourself fucking. Because what you're talking about is is mostly to do with like how do I look? Yeah, but it have to be like the other person. I don't know how well the, the hologram the holodeck is going to be able to represent. Like how, know, how it feels like for the other person. I don't know. I, I just like again, it's it's the holodeck is I honestly, in terms of, of of questions to be asked of everything they ever introduced on Star Trek, I think there's a reason that the holodeck continues to to grab your attention. You know what I mean? Because it's like like so many questions could be asked if you could put yourself into true virtual reality without having to wear shit to do it. Yeah, like there, like, there could there would be so many things that you could. You know what? This actually ties into something I saw. Um, in a way, <laughs> I was I was. Don't sue us for false advertising. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is your fault for bringing up this. Uh, it, w- it was on YouTube, and there's, uh, there was, I was watching a, a clip, and of course, of course, I saw a clip that said, you know, first male sex doll. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I have to watch this. Uh, so, you know, you know, female sex dolls have been around for a long time, right? And they've just started making males. And what was interesting is in some of the footage, like some of the shots, they just kind of show this woman laying with the doll. And before they get to like the face, so we can see like the head is the you know where it's connected to the rest of the body. Like, if you didn't know that was a doll, like you might think she was just laying with a dude. Like, it looks that good, right? So I'm and and now we've got VR technology, right? Like we don't have what we're talking about. So have like, a hollow. So like, so like if you could have like. But if you had a, if you had this really, and they're expensive, like they're not cheap. But if you had, you can customize them. So if you had this really expensive sex doll, right? And then, and then, and then somebody else had the female version of that sex doll somewhere else. And then you have the virtual reality device on. That's weird, right? Could you imagine? Like that's what I mean. That's immediately where my brain went. Like right now, because we have both of those things. (laughs) Like, yeah, what a tool that would be. Because I mean, they talk. I just, I just love that. You know, a friend of mine wrote it, and then, and then this is the last thing we're gonna say because we have to get to. A friend of mine wrote a paper once about how um, every advancement of the internet um, has been about people's quest to be able to have porn. I mean, porn is driving factors because there's so much money in it. Well, no, just because, just, just because, like, like especially about getting the internet to go fast the reason the the internet started like the speed became the big deal for a long time because people wanted to stream videos and couldn't and people were trying to get them faster so when people got the chance to pay more money for speed they found in studies that the reason they paid more money for speed is because they were so frustrated by how quick how long it took for the porn to get there (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know if that's true anymore anyway okay here we go um uh, episode 15 of Star Trek The Next Generation, season 7, air date 2-7 of 1994, my last year of high school. I'm sorry, no, we did that one. Sorry, this is episode 17, 221-94, Masks. The Enterprise is slowly transformed into an ancient alien temple when Data discovers an alien archive full of information about an ancient culture. Shortly after opening the archive, Data becomes possessed with several different personalities. Masks. Yeah, it's very spiny. Uh, you know what? I'll, I I I I feel like I will grant this one as a miss as well. I mean, not to yeah. the extent that Sobrosa is, but um, it's definitely like I think if you if you looked at it kind of from far away, like with a telescope, as as a episode, it would be interesting. 
one it's one one it's not like any other next gen episode and and that's to its detriment in this case uh because they're trying something different i applaud them for trying something different but it's too different i will say this the first time that data looks up in the different voice and goes asaka is waking that was scary like i was i was legitimately like creeped out by that i was like "Ooh, this is going somewhere and where it went was just essentially hey people like when data does shit how about we have data doing all this shit yeah a, and i mean it was Brent definitely was, brothers it, playing different characters let's have them do it again and this yeah, time. It, was, it, it, it definitely felt and kind of even at the time but like at the time yeah I, I mean i have a huge as i'm sure you know i've made apparent like just a huge actor hard on slash crush for for him so i de- even at the time like it was clearly like look at all of the different people he can be <laughs> like you know what i mean like this it's is a how good an actor he is. black Check box one name. it's a black box one man show right i mean that's what yeah it is. It's, and it's, incredible it's the data show when you look at it like that um and, and particularly because it's coming from this character that you know and in fairness like kind of he doesn't get to be all emotional all the time right everybody else is emoting all over the place if you will and he's like yeah, it seems like the thing that they gave to brent spiner to make him feel better like, yeah and it, it was, it was definitely a license for him to be like okay i know this whole time we've kind of made you emote but like not really and sort of sideways and like not get to so here's here's your here is your episode we're gonna go nuts we're gonna make these characters as as different from each other as possible and you're gonna be all of them like so from that perspective it's it's good and i I think i think the real problem with it isn't necessarily uh data's you know crazy representation of different personalities uh it's i think it's it's the very end i don't even think it's the part where the, the ship is being changed because i think that's also intriguing that they were just trying to get information from this alien culture and i think the idea that you're learning about this alien culture throughout the episode is cool but i think the end is is kind of so anticlimactic and silly that it tarnishes yeah, you the know, I, the data in the mask doesn't bother me. Picard wearing that mask, you can just right, it's see Picard how much in the mask. Patrick Stewart, absolutely. Patrick Stewart, who usually completely fools me into believing he's Picard. Like when I see Patrick Stewart as Picard, I don't think Patrick Stewart. I think that's Jean Luc Picard. Absolutely. And I think and I think Patrick Stewart today, because he's a silly man now, um, would have he's, no problem. He, with he was Picard. probably oh no. I mean, they talk about how he wasn't. No, he, he was ready to quit the show at this point. He was unhappy. And you could tell you can you can tell Patrick Stewart does not want to be there in that fucking mask. You can just <laughs> tell he's not having a good time. Um, and and it you know it's it seems ridiculous. Okay, moving on. I the beholder. I the beholder. Two twenty eight nineteen ninety four episode eighteen. Uh, while investigating the mysterious suicide of a crew member, Troy and Worf begin to show romantic feelings toward one another. Now, this is rated higher, where Mass is given a 6.8. This is given a 7.4. Certainly not a 9, but it's 7.4. I don't like this episode at all. Um, and the reason I don't is, one, the investigating the mysterious suicide of a crew member, that's sort of interesting. I, I, I like it's kind of dark. There's a horror element to it that I kind of like, sort of. Um, but I'm not that interested in the A plot, and I, and I actively dislike Troy and Worf as a couple. Um, like I like them both individually. I never, ever, 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 ever want them to get together. And when I see a, a a story about two people getting together, I don't want to get together. I turn on that too. So there's this. This episode has nothing for me. I yeah, but that's this. that's definitely that's your own thing. Like I don't I like to be like I also don't want them to be together. Like I always want her like to wind up 
with uh with Riker, obviously. Uh, but the idea of her with Worf was never um actively like to me. Like it never no, I'm made not me blah, you know, but I don't I don't want you know, when you're watching a movie about two you're watching a movie or TV show about two characters being drawn toward one another, the the only way that works is if you want them to reach that destination together. And I don't. But I think I mean, that it, the very nature of that episode speaks to the fact that that they, there's this underlying, uh, like, level of feelings between the two of them, but that ultimately, it's not, it's not ever going to be sexy time. Like, it's not ever going to be what her and Riker have. And I, and I think that this episode, uh, more than any any other, kind of acknowledges that because. It's all, it's not, none of it's real, right? None of it happened. Yeah, that's true. So for the second second time in a row, it didn't. For the second time in a row. Well, no, but the difference is in the other one, like there are theoretically then these other universes though, where they are together, where things shook out a certain way. And, and, but in this universe, and I feel like it was. But, it, but it's like it's like. But what it is is it's it's they're trying to do the will they won't they like they did with Picard and Crusher like when Picard wants to be with I Crusher she says no. I did not feel that way at all. What? I did not feel that way at all. No, let me explain what I mean. Um, okay. when when Picard wants to be with Crusher she says no and he blows out a candle and when Crusher wants to be with Picard he disappears into like a, a, a into a warp bubble and she's stuck by herself. So we show individually that they want to be with each other but. They, so in the same way, Worf experiences a world in which they're together, and separately, she has an experience in which they're together, but neither one of them are aware of the experience that they both had separately from one another of right. them being together. But, That's but what consider I mean. these things, but consider several things, right? Like, by this point, we have, she has knowledge of that fact. Like, because the, the episode where he's hopping between dimensions happens before this one. Yeah, so but I don't know. She told, maybe, I don't know. I don't. Did he tell her about his relationship with her in there? I mean, it's in the report. I'm sure. And, huh. I mean, and she tells him in, in this one about what happened with the both of them. So I don't see any reason why not. Right? They're both yeah. on the senior crew. There, you know what I mean. It doesn't occur to me as the sort of thing that they would keep that he would be keeping from her for some reason. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think the other thing that probably so bothers it occurs me. to me though that to some extent, like in a way, maybe that influenced why in her delusion he's the one she picked now, i think it might have been because he that... was there it might have been because he was there plus you know this knowledge of of there are these universes where they wind up together uh sure. and so that's how it how it felt to me like it didn't it never i never felt like they were doing this thing like they were doing with picard and crusher where they're just missing each other well, i the, didn't the, feel that the, way uh... and i and i really liked the mystery of it. And I liked because you don't really know that it's like, cause you're in her POV. You don't really know that it's not real until he's like kissing. Like, I feel like the moment when you're certain, like the, like it sort of builds, but the moment when he's like, she catches them like kissing and they like laugh at her. It's so what? Yeah. That, no, you know I, what I mean? That you're like, this, wh- what is going on? But because the, the 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 part when it departs from investigation to the delusion that from this emotional imprint that's left uh, is you don't notice it and it had it such a subtle thing. It's I love that about it. 
I love that it fucks with you. Un- and, until and you, you might be right. It. I mean, I, I will give you this. You might you might be right because I'm I I I might be just laying over in re- maybe at the time I was watching it, I was thinking it was interesting, but I may be laying over my my in retrospect distaste for the entire Wharf Troy thing because the one thing that at least for me as a viewer, I don't like to feel the hand of the writer when I'm when I'm watching a show and it's not specifically the hand of the writer, but the hand of the writer's room, like the the clear decision by and that's why I didn't like the other clear decision by a group of people in a room going, OK, what are we going to do with season seven? Well, we could do this. And the word I'm looking for is shoehorn. It's like you're 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 taking two characters who who have had maybe one close thing ever. And which is, you know, when when he tried to commit suicide, you're turning that into something romantic. You're turning them, you're shipping them, right? You're 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 turning them to a couple eight episodes away from the end of the series. It feels like it's sort of shoehorned in um, at the end. And maybe if this had happened, like in season five, and it turned into like you know a season and a half of them attempting and then failing out a relationship, that might have been interesting. But the fact that it's it's shoehorned in and then kind of never mentioned after the end of the show is is i might just be taking that my my Your personal dislike for them yeah. as as a thing. well i mean the big thing for me is and i've said this before i don't want to feel the production i want to live in the world and i said that in our movie is i want to live in the world and when i can feel that a bunch of writers were like hey we could do this yeah okay let's try that like that's honestly how this feels uh like, well it the- definitely didn't feel that way to me so i don't <clears throat> like it it was very different than a lot of other episodes. And I, and what I really liked about it, like, so infrequently do we give Troy her, her abilities really a way to shine. And I feel like that in, in this case, that's what makes her susceptible. Right. And it's what made the other guy susceptible and ultimately die. um, Unfortunately, which kicks off the whole thing. But like, that's, what makes it all possible like if she wasn't you know half betazoic then it wouldn't it wouldn't work because she's feeling this this empathetic and that idea too right that that goes beyond science fiction that that you're right kind of touches a little bit into horror that you know some traumatic event leaves behind an emotional imprint i think is a compelling idea it's one i tend to, to to agree with on some level and it feels true right and so this and and it allows this this thing to come to light this crime that happened so long ago to finally be solved i love that about it it's it's non star trekky in a way it's using but but like it's still science fictiony and it's it's an interesting one of these few times when it's just like this really compelling and they never leave the ship but it's really compelling and you get to see troy actually doing something as opposed to just kind of being on the sidelines telling us what we're used you know yeah obviously that guy's lying thanks troy we need you for that um you know, <laughs> she gets to really use her power all right i'm gonna move on to uh so the, there are two episodes coming up um that uh are interesting for me and i'll tell you why in a second um uh, episode 19 that we're about to talk about and episode 21 i guess we'll do it now is that um these are the last two episodes of next generation that i ever saw um it just so happened that this is probably uh right around spring break of my senior year and i know i was doing i was doing a play at the time and and you know had a a fairly serious girlfriend at the time spending a lot of time with and we watched star trek together a little bit but not that much and lots of stuff going on in my life at the time and so uh episode 19 you didn't have time for star trek i understand 
Well, and, and at the time, I wasn't the same kind of fan I am now. But yeah, it's true. So, so these are episodes I literally went nearly 10 years without seeing. I just never caught them. There wasn't a way, you know, until until they started, like, releasing the DVDs that you could go get. You couldn't just, like, like it is now, just go watch it and catch up with it. Right. Um, so uh, so I just never happened to catch these. The first of the, the second to last one I ever saw was this one, Genesis. Um, episode 19, 1994. Um, upon returning from an away mission, Picard and Data find the ship drifting in space and the crew de-evolving into their animal ancestors. Now, I will say this. It's rated 7.5 above um, masks, above uh, a few of them coming up, um, certainly uh, above Sabrosa, but uh, mm-hmm. it's a it's ranking pretty high. I like high. this episode a lot. Actually. I don't. And the no, reason I'm I don't like this one. episode is it doesn't make any sense. Like there are humans, <laughs> all, all humans. Like, like here's, no, I want to just bag it up for a second you. and be clear on what you just said. So your problem with this episode is that it doesn't. Is that it probably doesn't work? <laughs> it's probably not true. No, 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 my, my. So I. <laughs> I, just, I to, shut up! I'm you're sorry. A dick. You gotta understand. (laughs) They're like on a ship in space. (laughs) Yes, my 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 problem my problem on a ship where like uh, where someone turns into a spider and and, and like fucking and holodecks. A robot, a robot's flying the ship. Yes, and 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 like androids and like your beef, your issue with. Sun God took over a fucking robot. Yes, I get it. I get it. (laughs) My problem was that there's, you know, and for me, and actually I really think this is really important in in speculative fiction and sci-fi and fantasy that like the world has to seem consistent even more so in in fantastical worlds and the problem that i had is i didn't yeah, understand the lack of consistency i wonder if perhaps the problem in this episode then is with your background in in medicine which i don't I didn't have, have a background in medicine when i saw this at oh, all really? oh, well yeah. because i didn't it didn't it it struck me in terms of what happens and why uh this occurs and why it's different for everyone uh it actually felt like a really solid just like any other kind of star trek uh basis you know, like, like that makes sense. Like, that's probably some. Yeah, I we, never we have understood why two different humans. I never understand why two different humans would be vastly different from each other. Like, one would be a spider and one would be an ape. Like, I never. Because what they're talking about is the left. Like, there's like leftover DNA junk from all of life on Earth. Like, that's kind of the point. That's the they and they they talk about it rather specifically that we've all got these bits. And and so it actually seems to me, if anything, like it makes more sense that it would sort of be random instead of all of them would be Cro-Magnon, you know, or all of them would be a monkey. That it would be that it would that the that as a, a rule, just like, you know, anybody like other like certain genetic markers are stronger on some people than others. You know, the very the very way that sort of genetics work and the way that they present in people. It, it seems to me like a, a natural extension then if this is a, a virus that's mutated off like, you know, genetic code that it's random about which bits um, and maybe because maybe you have more leftover bits from a lizard than you did from, you know, this or maybe it was just a fluke, right? Like maybe for whatever reason, this this is the one it chose. 
Yeah, you know? no, I get it. I, I get it. But again, I feel the hand of the production crew going, wouldn't it be cool to pay? And maybe that's all you need to. Maybe it can be enjoyed just in that as a, as a you know, Cronenbergian, you know, body horror, the fly type of thing. I mean, you know, where... it, it honestly didn't even feel like the like the fly. I mean, it felt like a very like a very like what like I think what I really like about this episode is it felt very classic Star Trek. Absolutely. Yeah, right? I, see, I see. Like they like they go to leave. Right. And everything's cool. Everything's fine. Like, you know what I mean? And this totally innocuous event where Barkley and and I love his character. He's so adorable. And the idea that he's like ridiculously uh, hypochondriacal, uh, like every time I like when we see little bits of uh, people's personalities, and particularly in his case, because he's not like everybody else. Everybody else seems so together. Uh, and I th- and I think because I'm a fucking basket case, I certainly can relate more to the guy that's not. And I so I like that aspect of it. But the, but just sort of at a baseline, you're right. Like that there's this sort of just innocuous event. Nothing's weird. Nothing crazy is going on. Nothing wild is expected to happen. They're just doing this thing. OK, you fucking we did this test and you're ah, damn it. Worf, your shit was off. Well, you know, I'll, you know, I'll go get it. It's cool. Like, Dana, let's go. We'll go get the thing. You know, so they go and it's no big deal. We'll see you in a couple of days, you know, while we finish this survey. Right. Like, it's nothing. No big deal happening. And they're like, you're just coming home. And it's like, like, that's interesting. Why? Why aren't they answering? And why aren't they in position? And, And why? Why is it drifting in space and turning over on its side? That's inappropriate. Like, and then they get there and it's creepy. And there's the mystery of, okay, what the fuck is going on? And then they find out, and now you've only got these two people who are not out of commission, ostensibly, to be able to do something about it. And one of them, you know, by the time they find out, you know, Picard, like, you're infected, man. It's already begun. Like, the time, like, the clock is ticking. And it sort of, it just reminds me very much of, of um, like, the episode when, you know, earlier when they all have a, uh, they're all getting old and they don't know why um, yeah no i mean yeah. i i i i get that and again i it might again you 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 can never go back to watching something for the first time and maybe i was in a spot you know when you know at this point instead of watching it in my teens when i was you know where, where i was more like yeah just like star trek or or now when i <laughs> when i can kind of go back to yeah just like star trek you know i was you know maybe in that kind of hoity-toity you know early 20s time when i was like i watch only independent film and this does not make sense <laughs> and, and maybe and like may you know they, they they say that you decide whether or not you like something the first time you taste it and maybe just when i tried it it was just so not my game i would be a hard time for me to i don't know if that makes any sense like you might no, it might it have something you know, you're, yeah that your opinion of it is is tainted by your first viewing of it that you Let's can't see. really go I, back I, to that moment i think i know what you mean so I'm going to go to an episode that this is a much maligned episode. Um, this is uh, rated uh, at 6.8 down with masks. Um, this is a uh, journey's a- journey's end uh, from 328 1994 under the terms of the new Federation Cardassian treaty. Picard is ordered to evacuate a colony of native Americans, but protests when from Wesley, what bet, but protests from Wesley hamper the process. Wesley's destiny is finally revealed to him when the traveler returns. Um, now right off the bat, I do feel once again the hand of the writers' room going. We need to set up Voyager. Like I feel very, spe- very specifically, they know they want to have a Native American character on Voyager, and this episode exists. Kind do of. That. I'm sorry. Yeah, to to do that essentially to yeah, to, we're to we're go. establishing. Well, 
<laughs> like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Look, there's still somebody practicing, you know, old school Native American ideals. Like they haven't died out. They're still here on this planet over here. But I mean, let's. Is that let's what you be- mean? No, what I what I mean is that is that you essentially have the Burger Maquis with a native Native Amer a Native American Maquis characters. That's what you have. Like you have proto Chicotes here. You have you have the Cardassian the Cardassian and, and Federation Treaty has pissed off a bunch of Native Americans, and then you're going to have basically the leader of the Maquis is going to be a Native American guy. I mean, it's it's clear that that's what they're doing. Like this is yeah. I mean, is- what I. Well, I guess, and maybe <clears throat> if I had seen it later as opposed to earlier, I might have felt that way. But like, I did, I, I doesn't feel that way to me. Um, I think I could see people knocking it for being a bit heavy-handed because uh, it's sure. not. But but I actually kind of like it for that reason, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, what's great about it is in this particular episode, we actually get to see a rare moment where Picard and admiral Dechea like actually kind of agree right like yeah no this is fucked up that they have to leave but the reality of you know the way these things are like we needed this we needed to not have this war like we needed to not be at war and this treaty was so difficult to get to at all and everybody is not you know in true treaty slash compromise fashion everybody's not really truly happy with the outcome well, and, and I like I, I do like stories. I do like stories his, where you know, both sides have a point, like where there isn't "I'm good, you're bad." Like this. Yeah, is like, I really love that about it. Like it's very Star Trek in that way, in the way that we've got, and and Picard is like he's on their side, like from a you know an emotional standpoint, from a, an ethical standpoint. He's like he's like can't really. I mean, like. Does it did it have to be Native Americans? Like the the amount that we have fucked these people over? Like, are we really gonna do it again? Yeah, no, it's like it's... come on. And I love that it's got this you know, sort of link to history and and I love that the Native Americans aren't like at least certainly not like you've got different levels. You know, you've got, you know, the older, you know, chief guy and he's very he's strong and that we're not leaving but he's not angry right you know but you then you've got the younger ones who are who are a little bit more angry but he's not you know he's peaceful but he's like we're not leaving like we spent too long finding this place that that part of the story i like i think the reason that (laughs) i do too i think the reason that that it's it's rated as low as one people don't like wesley um to start with and okay i mean i like wesley but but i don't I don't like this Wesley. I this Wesley. Hate. Never, this Wesley's an asshole. I don't asshole. just not like this Wesley. I fucking hate this Wesley. This betrays the Wesley about that him. we just saw on on because uh, we had just seen Wesley, you know, a couple in of parallel. seasons back at in Starfleet Academy, and this betrays that Wesley. It, like, it's just a complete betrayal of his character. Not like yeah. even just recently. Even if you didn't like his character before. Yeah. And you're like, I, I didn't like Wesley before. Wesley was not a bad dude. You just yeah, didn't like him because could, yeah, he was like a Mary Sue. He like That's why you didn't like him. Yeah, but you didn't now, like him because he was a good at two shoes. But like now, it's because he's just a little prick. He's really rude to everyone because I because he's... Like, I would love if he came back 
despondent and depressed and not quite knowing what he's got to do with his life and, yeah, and feeling like that wouldn't have bothered me agreed like it's not even the arc there where he's been you know sort of surrounded by starfleet his father was in starfleet and he's been chasing after like you know when he goes on his vision quest like you've been chasing me this whole time you know even if that arc is there right which i'm still not entirely sure i agree with because even from a very young boy he's really he seems really into the ship and its operations but i don't know what it's like to lose a father right so i can't speak to how that might have affected him early and make it seem as though uh he's really excited about starfleet and being a part of it when it's really kind of not about that and as he gets older he starts to realize i don't really know if this is what i want and but yeah it's the fact that he comes back and he's just a complete piece of shit yeah, you know, like he's not even I, I, fine. He's an angsty teenager, so I could understand. But him he's being, not an angsty teenager at this point. That's the thing. He's in his twenties. He's a grown up now. He's a grown he, fucking man. But even still, like I could, yeah. I, some of his behavior, I could see him being like snippy and or a little bit bitchy or irritable, like with his mom, right? Like because even mom, so, why? Like right? everybody's trying to be nice to this guy. Like everyone's trying to be nice to him. And he is he is just like nobody does anything that you could see him. You, you could see him being a snippy person, but nobody does anything to him in this episode that he should be snippy about. That he yeah, could set him off. I mean, you know, I don't. The only time is like if he's ta- like if his mom. I'm saying you, there's a scene you could write potentially where his mom is pressuring him into something that is to do with his his current trajectory that sets yeah. him off. But like. In particular, the most egregious thing, I think, is when he just fucking Jordy is like, hey, check this out. Like, like, hey, buddy. Right. Like, check out this thing. That's like that's like blowing up at your best friend who you haven't seen for For years for nothing. Yeah. And And it's like, fuck you, dude. Like, and, and, and on next gen, can I just can I just say the evolving to a higher plane of his existence trope is worn thin at this point i it's like it's like it feels very much like not only are they betraying you let wesley but again the hand of the writer's room i feel like they're going we gotta wrap wesley up like it just feels that way like like right like, like how we, do we do that we got we got we got to tell that final wesley story um and like it just like it's there's not a lot to like in the episode um but I like it better than masks, you know, like it's, it's the, <laughs> the, like, like the, the beat by beat of the episode, the episode's always sort of compelling, even if I dislike what it's doing in a big way. Let's go to the next one, which is, this is the final episode of the next generation I ever saw. Um, I saw this years after it ended. I saw, you know, the finale of next generation, like when it aired for the first time, I saw this one. It was probably 10 years later. I kind of didn't know this one existed. Uh-huh. Um, and when I found it later, I was like, holy shit, there's an episode of Next Gen I never saw. Wow. Um, that must have been exciting. It's like finding like yeah. money in a sock drawer, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> a little treasure. Um, um, a disinterested uh, firstborn, firstborn episode 21, uh, April 25th, 1994. A disinterested Alexander must face his first rite of ascension passage, but a mysterious warrior by the name of Kimtar brings him a discurp- disturbing request. Um, of course, we know that Kimtar ends up being uh, Alexander from the future um so cool so cool um really 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 cool um i mean and and, you know i think maybe a part of what i really like about star trek 
And it's I because I watch like a lot of TV. I watch a lot of movies. Um, it's it's really kind of hard to surprise me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just because I'm so familiar with all the the tropes, all the way that things go, and the setups, and the knockdowns, and the you know what I mean. That which is why I'm not sure. I always like when people like ding something for being predictable. I very rarely will ding a thing for that. Like it has to be, I, it has to be a level of predictable where I'm like anybody could have predicted this. Like a, a dog would have known that's what was going on. That's fucking terrible. But I, I can usually predict what's going on in this. Like I definitely, you know, a lot of times in Star Trek, I don't see it coming. And in this episode in particular, I really didn't see like that being Alexander from the future. It's crazy and awesome, and and the reason why is so great. Because he wanted to be peaceful. Like he's a, a Klingon who believed in peace. You know what I mean? Which is just kind of crazy, but awesome. And um, and I think the I love that guy, obviously. He he does, you know, Oda's father too, right? Same guy, right? Uh yeah, he's he's Oda's father. He was um uh he was also the uh the defector Romulan that Worf mm-hmm. wouldn't give blood to. Um, I love this guy. James Sloyan did a did a fantastic job. Um, yeah, he yeah. really he really does. And and Worf, his arc in this episode's great. Oh yeah, no, I mean here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. I I don't think this is a great episode of Next Gen. This is a perfectly serviceable episode of Next Gen. This is what you could call the Next Gen standard. Like this is this is just like like of all the family episodes on this on this uh season and this counts as that it's worse you know a visit from Worf's son from the future um this is my favorite one um i i genuinely like like finding this was i'm glad that when i found it it wasn't a special amazing episode in action or a bad episode i'm glad i found like clearly it's like how i felt about um fucking star trek beyond when we started watching it was like what i liked about it was the kind of standard original series episode that it sort of started with um and it's a it is solid and doesn't it tie in isn't there kind of a tie-in going on with ds9 at this point with lursen betor um yeah they are lursen betor are are in they had just been at ds9 in a previous because what they're doing is they're setting up generations which is about to happen right so they're trying to bring them back into being being a thing yeah no i i i like um I like this episode a lot. I like I like Klingon stuff to start with. Um, oh, I do too. Oh, I really. Oh, I think one see, of the, and if the all the if point. all the family episodes were like this, but I mean, I mean, seriously, we we've had all the fa- before we started this podcast. I was already going family tropes, and then we go, okay, now Crusher's son comes back. Okay, let's talk about Alexander. So let's talk yeah, about Warp's in the very next episode. And this, I, I I feel like I don't. I feel like we can't just put in the family camp, and I'll tell you why. Especially for a guy who, like, is all, I wish there was more family stuff. Like, it's so funny to me that you're all, like, like another family member. Well, it feels like, like they these crammed, ones in they, particular. It like they crammed it all into this episode and a lot into this uh, season. Into this season. But the difference with this with this episode and I think with, with Wesley, these are not just random family members. They're, they are, and I do think because it's the last season, there is, to some extent, we don't just want to know what happens to Crusher and Picard. And sure, no, I, you know, you, I we do, do want to know what happens to Exal- Alexander. We do want to know what happens to Crusher. And maybe uh, that's, and maybe that's, you know, so I, and, and maybe that's different. why they were doing it, but it just I, I gets, feel like it is. 
to some extent because it's you want to know what happens to those characters. So the time to do it is in season seven. Like, because both but of I those, like they speak the to the future you, of those characters. You, you, you have to admit that in reading the synopses, there are quite a number that go when such and such crew members, such and such family member arrives, this happens. <laughs> you have to admit. Uh, that, you do agreed. I absolutely agree with you when you say that uh, I'm going to totally change my mind. I'm going to be right on board with you. And go, you know what? It's not trophy. There's not too much about family members, and it's well. Like, I'm just ab- saying. And th- I'm just saying that th- th- this one and the one about Wesley. I feel like in a, in a they don't just fall in. I, I hear what you're saying about so, sort of like this family member, this family member. But no, I don't. And I, no, I, don't joking joking aside, I would say that the the one with Alexander is especially it does belong in that one as the leader. As the good one, as the like, you know, it's it's the X two, it's the X two X Men United to you know the X Men Origins Wolverine of of Sub Rosa, you know, you know what I mean? It's the it's it's the it's the insurrection or or it's the it's the first contact to the insurrection of Sub Rosa. I mean, it is the good one. But, it is, but, but my point being that like it's not a random family member. Like there, it is. It is somebody who's been on the show. It's a child on the show. That this be, being the last season, we would like as viewers want to know what happened to them. Because tell me if if the whole s- series ends and you never had any clue what becomes of Alexander I or Wesley Crusher for that matter, you, w- you wouldn't maybe, be like, I would have been fuck? fine with Alexander. I would have been fine without. But but again. I'm happy with what I got. I'm not unhappy with what I got, but I I would have been fine without knowing what happened to Alexander. It's it's you know he was a part of the show. It's and then so he funny you say that. I would simply tell like I I feel like that's not true. I feel like here's you can the say deal. That, I just I just want it to happen. Well, this would be I, a thing. But you know, but you know that the thing I like the macro view of Star Trek, right? I like the politics. You know, I want to know what's going on with the Romulans. I want to know what's going on. The you know, sort of it, geopolitical doesn't really work because it's not geo because it's out in space. But that's what I like. Is I like I like that's what I like so much about there are elements of that in this, obviously. There, there are there are some, although I also don't really like Larson Beto very much. Um, oh no, I mean the history, how how yeah. things are going to turn out. Yeah, I mean, I and I and I like that again. I have no complaints about that ep- this episode. I'm just saying, I, I could have done without this episode, except this was done really well. I th- feel like you do need to do something with Wesley. I didn't necessarily need to see, you know, Data's mom, Jordy's mom, you know, and and Crusher's grandma, but but I'm sure that they are done with the whole. Let's talk about family. We're going to get into some real Star Trek. So let's go on to the next one. Uh, emergence. Uh, or sorry, uh, Bloodlines. Picard tries to save his newly discovered son from the retaliation of a vengeful Ferengi <laughs> whose only son was killed by Picard during the Battle of Maxia many years ago. Before, before you get all putting this in the family category, the guy's not really a son. I know, but watching the trailer for it, especially, yeah. like, like at this point, I don't care if he's his son. If he ends up, if he ended up being a son at the end, I'm like, fine. I don't care if it's his That's son. good. Fine. Congratulations. Like, good. Cool. All right. That's fine. Whatever. Let's, let's talk on. about this son. Sons and sons. We haven't had, we haven't had three episodes in a row about sons. Now I have sons. I have actual sons in my life. Right. So I'm sort of surprised that you're, that you're so vehemently against these, uh, these Because it's a episodes. lot of sons, man. Three in a row. Wharf son. <laughs> Crusher's it's it's, it's Crusher's Crusher's son, son, Worf's son, son, and now Picard's son. son. But even, it's not really even, a son. We even need to get Damon Box. I mean, I just uh, like it's just enough. I know it's not his son, but it's about the it's the discussion about what if I had a son. You know, it's just enough. 
We get let's it. Not pretend, let's not pretend that this is the first time we've ever had Picard wonder about family. I know. I guess and my his point own is in particular and his lack of in particular. Look, I, I want to be clear. I like Junior Mints. Okay? I really <laughs> like Junior Mints. I want to be clear about how much I like Junior Mints. When I go to a movie, invariably, I even now when I'm on a diet, and I'm happy to say I'm 10 pounds down. Woo! Um, right. But, uh, but I'm almost to my ideal weight, which makes me happy because it's been, it's been starving fucking myself a lot. Um, but I love Junior Mints. Even on a diet, if I go see a movie, I must get a box of Junior Mints. Okay? When I finish my box of Junior Mints, I'm so happy <laughs> that I had my box of Junior Mints. I don't necessarily then go back out to get and another get more box of Junior Mints. And then immediately go back out to get, get another box of Junior Mints. Especially when like three out of the four boxes of Junior Mints are all kind of melty and stuck down at the bottom and not really a very good <laughs> box of Junior Mints. Like I maybe love I get that you were that you were comparing Star Trek. Maybe I maybe I I kind Only of you, Justin. You're sort of junior minty, but it's really just sort of a smashed, sticky mess like Sub Rosa. Um, that that like even if this were this is an okay. There's not actually this is not even an okay episode. This is not a great episode. It's just like it's a bottle I episode. I really liked this episode. I don't really like this episode. No, I'm sorry. I can't really like all the junior mints. I, I like Junior Mints, and I, this okay, is certainly oh, Junior Mints, but I, it's too much fucking Junior Mints! I like this episode a number of reasons. Um, I like I like the guy who's playing his son. I'm, I, I, he's adorable, and I remember him from other things in the 80s, and I like yeah, him. Too. Um, And I like Picard. I like seeing Picard off his game. I think that that's something we don't really get to see a lot and he's yeah. he, it it really does put him off like i well like fuck and it's great to see because we're talking about a guy that's like defeated the borg and like yeah i mean like the number of like the list of things that picard has accomplished in his life and he's like undone by this you know adult that's it's not even like a child child but he's like undone by this 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 young man that could be a son that's his son that he didn't didn't know existed and if it like, weren't my third box of junior mints i might have been sort of okay with this episode but the point is that at this point i mean it's just because it's family based like that the fact that you get to see this side of picard that we've we, we've never really seen doesn't it's not appealing oh, no, to you I, but i feel like we've kind of seen it and and in the episode entitled family which is all about picard's family it's done well it's so compelling and i don't know if patrick stewart's again maybe a little tired we know that he was thinking about quitting the show we know that he was just not happy at this point maybe the writers are tired maybe focused on the movie that's coming up maybe they feel the the compelling responsibility to wrap everything up and to give everybody sort of one last you know moment while also setting up you know no, clearly we're setting Picard up for. I'm sure the conversation's going on there, you know, where they're going. Well, Picard talks a lot about the fact that the family will go on is a whole theme, and they're they're in the process of writing generations at the same time, so it's on their mind. Like, oh, what if we're planting seeds? I get all of that, and it's not that the episode on its own is terrible, but it's just like I. I want some Star Trek now, and I feel it's getting to the point where maybe that's why I like. I, first I will one. say that this episode is not particularly Star Trekky. Like the 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 main the main thrust of it, you know, is is this you know revenge situation. 
yeah. with this Ferengi guy. From the first scene. So yeah. it's it's personal and it's not yeah, it's not really and there isn't something else going on beyond that that's to do with you know the universe at, at large or their job or what have you. Like they they kind of have to stop doing whatever else they were gonna do because now they have to go save this, you know, Picard's not kid. So I I agree there, right, in that sense. But I, you know I like the personal episodes, and this one I yeah. really – what I liked about it was getting to see uh, Picard be off off his game, be off balance, and not really know how to behave, and have to, like, go to Crusher of all people, like, like what do, what do, what do I do? Yeah, and no, I, think I, get, what, I get that. And I really like the moment when I think, for me, there was this line uh, where – she's where he's like maybe i should just like give him space and blah 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 and stuff and she's like yeah but like are you doing it because it's right or because it's easy for you and i was like damn crusher yeah hell yeah give it to him girl like so i i really like that aspect of it but i can i can see what you're saying in terms of it like not being particularly star trekky well, let's get to something a little more Star Trek. Emergence, uh, episode Very twenty-three, Star uh, May 9th, nineteen ninety-four. The Enterprise's computer system starts having repeated malfunctions, leading the crew to believe that it may be evolving into a new life form. Now, while this is not the greatest episode ever, I love it. It is. It is at least it's talking about something that I think bears talking about, especially in the nineties when they were really like realizing that this is something that might happen eventually. They're, they're yeah, people they're kind of they're kind of going, whoa, this like, is technology's at a point and it's and it's moving at such a clip and we're creating artificial intelligences to do this and to do that that yeah, the idea that's that's spontaneous life, you know, Johnny Five, it becomes a little bit more plausible that at some point that could happen. Well and but I will say on the flip side of that you know, this has been done before and better in the second season about data in, in Measure of a Man. Like, the conversation has been had. Um, that doesn't make this bad. It's just... It's, it, it's, it has, but I think the, I think there's a key difference here. And, right. and, I, and I think the difference is that data is, was created to be like a person. Like, that's... As far as the Enterprise was... Yeah, I get that. It's not, I mean, it's yeah, like, it's just meant to be... Essentially, this is like she. The Enterprise is... is they didn't have a word for it at the time, but the the enterprise is an operating system. Yeah, and and this is about the and and if you haven't seen the movie She, by the way, it's amazing. Um, uh, I, and I, I have not. I do want to see it though. It's so good, and it's really kind of uh, a, an excellent version of this conversation where this is a good version of this conversation. I this is a fine episode of 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 Star Trek. Again, it's it doesn't feel particularly fresh. But it's it's sort of good enough. I mean, and I, I just really like, and I like the 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 whole trying to figure out what's happening via the holodeck. I love sure. the disparate, like there's there's a, a, a like almost creepy mystery thing going on there. That's like, and and at first they're like, well, we need to fix the ship, right? And then it like fights back and it's kind of scary and it's kind of like, whoa, wait, yeah. hold on. You know, like it starts there's, sort of Westworld just... in there. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's very, very, very cool. I want to move on to an episode that does what was being done poorly in other episodes very well. And that's episode 24 
um, air date 516-1994, probably the week I graduated high school. Um, uh, uh, preemptive strike. Fresh from Starfleet's advanced tactical training course, Ro Laren is assigned to infiltrate the Marquis. However, over time, she begins to sympathize, sympathize with them, which forces her to choose between her loyalty to the Federation and her new friends in the Marquis. Now, let's be clear. On a plot level, this is almost exactly the same as the Wesley episode. Yo, I Ro disagree. Well, from a plot level, and let me be clear. I, I mean, I mean, even from a plot level, right, I disagree. Let, let me put it this way: former cast member, re former cast member returns, feels out of place, meets the Maquis, and finds that their place is more with the Maquis than it is with. And I'm not saying that that Wesley but that's should what I'm have saying. been it's like this. the reason I'm saying, even from this this plot point, like that that you just said something that is key, differentiatingly, and not the same. She does not feel like she doesn't belong. She's doing really well, and she feels good about it. She's being okay, successful. Okay, I, I guess that much is that much is true. It is. Um, she's successful. She's successful because Picard uh, went out on a limb for her. She's proven herself. She's she's in a really solid place. Like she is doing well. I mean, I guess and, either 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 whether it's comparative to the other or not, I compare it to the other as saying this is how you do it right. I mean, okay, this I, just, is, I feel like the reason I, I feel like that adds an element that makes this episode uh, um, uh, definitely it does make it better. But also it's, it's heartbreaking because she's not choosing between this clear like right and wrong for her necessarily. She it's it's a tough choice because it's she, a tough episode. And it, yeah. and it is maybe and I like it so much because it is the themes of the Maquis that that I've always thought that that DS9 did the Maquis better than Voyager ever did. And this is and this, this is, too, I think. Yeah, this is sort of the you know part of the introduction of the Maquis that was happening in this show and DS9. Um this is like the best of. And you know you know that Kira was supposed to be Roe, but she didn't sign on to do it. Um that oh, Kira really? was originally Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was she was going to be the crossover like Roe was going to be the second command of DS9, but Michelle Forbes didn't want to do it. And I like Kira better than Roe because I feel like Kira has a, a different thing going on than Roe. But I think oh, that she this does is... definitely have a different vibe. I wonder why she said no. What an odd choice. Because she, she was going to be a, like, if you look at what she was doing at the time, she was doing film, film roles and trying to break into that world. Um, and she's great. There's a movie called California that's sort of very, it's, it's a, it starts with a K, California. It's really a, it's an interesting film. Anyway, um, I like I will I will absolutely say that 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 this is you know this is the last regular episode of Next Gen because we're about to talk about the this the series finale. This is a, a an episode where you bring a character in and you're wrapping up their storyline. And ultimately, we've talked a lot about family and characters coming back, and my problems with that and the thing seems tired. This doesn't seem tired cuz I haven't seen this on Next Gen. And this uh, is compelling. It's emotionally compelling. This is how you do it right. And I feel like before this, I got a sense that the the writers were getting lazy and just going, "Well, it's just good enough to bring the character back. That's the interesting thing." And in this case, <laughs> they're like, "No, we're like, it's not just enough to bring Roe Ro back. It's gotta, she's it's not. Got, there's got to be doing something. It's got to yeah. be conflict. There's got to be something that matters. Yeah. Like it's what's funny is every time, like as a result of this episode, uh, Mister A and I. Uh, whenever we taste something uh, particularly, that's some, that's some strong hasperat. Like that's just like a part of our vocabulary in day to day life, uh, and it is because of this episode. <laughs> no, this is but this it's, is it's, a... it's 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 a great one. All of the acting 
is is done phenomenally. We've gotten seeds planted throughout for the Maquis and for people that we know to be, you know, stand up dudes, you know, stand up gals, what have you, like people that aren't just like crazy pants going over to the Maquis. Because they've got a legitimate gripe. They've got a legitimate reason. Yeah, to do like it. where it's like it's really hard. Yeah. yeah. To, to like to since like, I'm with Ro at the end. I understand why she makes the choice that she makes, and you can tell she's just so broken Killing up her. because she let him yeah. down. And it, so, it's like, oh man. All right, here here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna put these two together, and I can try and separate them into two episodes. Yeah, there's no reason to do that. Um, it's uh, one. It's one story. Airing on May 23rd, 1994, episode 25 and 26, part one and two of All Good Things. Uh, rated a 9.4 and a 9.5, rightly so. Um, yeah, it's good shit. A great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation or the best episode of Star Trek The Next Generation? This is something I think is really something that can be discussed because certainly I go to... Um, it was interesting. I was listening to a podcast about uh, the Buffy podcast that I listened to. They talked about the best episodes of, of Buffy. And they've said the thing about the best episodes of Buffy, when you look at the ones that are listed, um, you know, they list the body and they list uh, they, they list once more with feeling and they list hush. And they said that they sometimes have problems putting them so high on the list because those open episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer are not really episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They are a musical episode and, and they're all you know, one has no dialogue. One has no music and is just about regular death. One has, you know, is, is all a musical episode like all, you know, the best episodes of Angel. Same thing. Smile time. It's the puppet episode. It's the episodes that like kind of break the world to do an interesting big episode. And the inner light is like that very much. My favorite episode, what everyone says is the best episode of, of Next Gen. Some people say the best episode of Star Trek is the inner light. And and I say the same thing for DS9. When you go to the visitor, it's the same thing. But those episodes sort of break the world in order to present you this episodes that's not like your show that is starring all the people in your show doing stuff in your show but it is not your standard episode done excellently the thing about all good things is this is not like that yes there's time jumping yes there's that stuff but this is absolutely an episode of star trek the next generation this oh yeah is not uh, picard's living in an alternate world or there's something this is absolutely star trek the next generation being very i guess star trek the next generation-y is, if yeah. you could say it that way this is the the best this is not star trek you know done up in 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 a tuxedo to look you know so cool and different than normal this is star trek just finding a really great <laughs> like next that. Gen- i have this vision in my head i gotta tell you the enterprise in a tuxedo, <laughs> in a tuxedo. <laughs> that is really funny well that's what the inner light is the inner light is hey we're gonna take the enterprise and we're gonna dress it up and make it really different and awesome this isn't that this is just it found a really great outfit that looks really good on it and it's having a really fucking good day this is <laughs> having a great hair day. <laughs> so I think this is this is why I think that this there's an argument to be said this is the next the best episode of Star Trek the Next Generation because this is the best version of what Star Trek the Next Generation is. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying. And it and it's I'm not going to I'm not going to say it's a crappy episode. It sucks because it doesn't. It it's it's absolutely a really good episode. And there are things that I really like, like what there's things I like about it that have nothing to do with it on its own. Um, I like that it's a bookend. With, which is brilliant, you, which is a great idea. Um, and we and I, I think I have to say, uh, you know, other than uh, it's the best season, it's the best series finale I think I've ever seen, because 
the the season finale for Spartacus season one is is so triumphant and everything you want it to be. Um, but I think this is a, is a great series finale in that it, it it like I said it bookends in a way whilst having this idea that things are still continuing forward um, as you uh, as you expect but differently. Like it changes the trajectory. I think of uh, yeah I think him sitting down uh, to play poker with them. It's it's such a small thing, but it communicates so much, and I love that. Yeah. But there's like there are kind of problems with it. Sure, really. That I don't like. And like what? Like I don't. I don't like that. Theoretically, so Q says that he's jumping Picard around in time, right? Oh, there. Yes, there. There is a prop. There is a plot problem in this. You're right, absolutely that right. That he's doing that to help him figure it out but without it the the anomaly isn't created the anomaly is created by them all setting this tachyon beam or whatever into the same spot in space and creating this you know rip in space time and without it without him being aware of all of the things in every timeline it doesn't even happen so wait a minute, what? You yeah, know but, what I mean? But Q like, is getting started. My problem is more, this is just like the problem that I have with uh, with Generations, is that, okay, so they're all going to a place and it gets bigger as you go back in time, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So how does Picard go to a place in space? It's not there. They do the tachyon field. It's not there. They leave. They come and back. And it is. And it's there. But it's going backwards that it gets bigger. Because they've gone forward in time. Yep. And yep. so... That too, right? That's like, so that is a, there's, that is a problem. Yeah, I'll give yeah you that. there are there are things like that that bother me because it, I feel like it keeps it from perfection, and I want it to be perfection. But bes- despite that, it's so fucking good because yeah. you get to see. I mean, first of all, I, obviously Patrick Stewart. Just you know what I didn't do. So let me let me do this just in case. Um, there's anybody who hasn't. Um, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to, I, cause I've done this for all the others and I feel like we just so everybody can get a refresher course. Um, Captain Picard is, sh- oh, come on. Captain Picard is shifting through three time periods just before the enterprise D is sent on its, uh, bleh. enterprise D is sent on, uh, it's mission to Farpoint station, in the present and 25 years in the future. When Picard has just been diagnosed with aromatic syndrome, a life threatening, uh, illness that may mean that he's going insane. Uh, shortly after Picard is diagnosed with a long-term uh, syndrome, he starts experiencing bizarre shifts. It ends up being Q who's making it happen. Uh, Picard is destroying uh, reality by doing it. Um, they go into the future. You could see uh, a glimpse back to the first episode where we are in season seven and a glimpse into the future to see how everyone's going to be. Um, and that's sort of what it is. Can I first say, we see what Picard's supposed to look like when he's old in the future one? Uh-huh. Patrick Stewart is older than that now. I know. That much more time has passed. Patrick Stewart, I mean, 25 years in the future, this would be, I guess, Patrick Stewart is 22 years older than that now. Patrick Stewart looks fucking great. I know, right? (laughs) Like, guess what? Uh, Yeah, like, and they just put, like, they should have just put the beard on him and been done with it. Yeah. Um, Just be um, like, see, not, it's not him now. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I got to say this, this, there's so much to like and that's i guess it, it for me it's like a candy store it's like it's like you've got like it's a q episode 
It's also a time travel episode. It's also really a family episode. It's an episode where you get to see you you get to see characters you haven't seen in a while, like like uh, Tasha Yar and his, and his reaction to her. Oh God! Yeah, um, I love it. And and you get to see. I think what's so interesting about it too is because like when you see how he's behaving in the first when he first gets to the Enterprise in this episode, um, like. It would be really hard to follow what that guy's telling you to do. Think about it. You know, like you just got here. We don't fucking know you from Adam and you want us to go into the neutral zone. What? You know, yeah. like, I'm yeah, sorry, I know. why, sir? I can't tell you. Just do it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it speaks to, I think what I like, what I, what it makes me feel like th that it speaks to sort of this, this idea of the interconnectedness of life, I feel like we we are, if you want to call it through your soul, your spirit, what have you, but it's kind of something that I tend to believe in. And I, I feel like this reinforces that idea because if they truly didn't have a vibe or a feeling from him, like, yeah, there are, there's questions and they're like, oh, I don't know if you might want to tell us what's going on. And, and, and they don't just blindly follow him. They question, but at the end, they, they do it. And there isn't a whole lot of fuss put up for the crazy shit he's telling them to do. And maybe it doesn't make sense, but I, it does give you a chance for for him it makes, to be. But like, as I'm saying it I does because there, there's it's... such history with them that I have to believe that there's a there's a connection on some level, and that that's why. It's How do you still feel works. about him being divorced from Crusher? That really bugs me. That's really? one of the things that I really don't like about the episode. Yeah, I really like that. I, I hate really, it. I, I like. I fucking here, hate it. Here's the thing. You know me, I want everybody happy and in love. It's bullshit. Fuck thing. that. I can absolutely see that happening. No, I would like to submit, suck it. No. Well, hear, hear me out. After hear me how out. long it took them to get together? Are you fucking kidding me? Really? I, but, she, but she has ambition, and she wants to be a captain, and he wants to be a captain, and that is something that maybe doesn't work out, and they have a volatile you know, past to begin with. What I love about it is... Volatile? Is, is, um, or, or in that they've That's had the a fucking word they, they, you use, volatile. Oh, sorry, sorry, di difficult. Here's the thing that that I did appreciate. On Facebook, their relationship would be it's complicated. Here's 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 the thing that I did appreciate about it because you don't see this, um, on shows a lot. They literally with that, like dragged us into season thirty of Star Trek: The Next Generation. And what I liked about it is that, and this is what they did so well. The world was lived in. They didn't just end up together. They didn't just end up divorced. They ended up divorced and close and still the best of friends and still caring about each other very, very, very much. Sure. Um, I mean, I, agree. I I appreciate that at least it was like that. And the, and, the maturity and of the... that, because it would be very easy as a writer to go, what if they're this or what if it just didn't work out and they're hostile or something? And instead, the maturity of it, of, of like, what if it didn't yeah, I work did, out? Yeah, that that did at least ring correct. I, I agree that like if if those two people in particular, if it hadn't worked out for some reason, I, it would have felt like a betrayal of their characters if they were both just like bitter and shitty with each other afterward. And also like them being you know the husband and wife team out there exploring the galaxy. That also is not quite the characters that we know. You know, so this is like, like as, as a, I feel as like a, I would, I could have believed in that though. I don't right. feel, I don't feel like that would have been like, no way. 
But I just think it's a very mature choice. I think it's. I, I think well, it, I think it was a. I think it was a, a a mature choice. But I think it was a specific choice. I think that all of the choices in that future were specifically not the happy ending we all want, and I think it was on purpose. So that we can strive because we don't. It all doesn't have to go that way, and that's what they all decide. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. I, I think I, I absolutely like there's that the tension with you know. Warp and Riker. Warp and, and Riker. And but but it's not even just that. It's not even just the big things like them having been married and divorced and, and the tension with Riker and, and and Worf. What I really love about it, and this is a much subtler thing, is the the distance. Like what happens like legitimately in life. And particularly, and I think particularly like in entertainment, like you and I know this a lot. Like when you yeah, your best you friends show, with a play and then you do a movie, you guys you get so close, like a family. Like you see them all the time and you're and you're doing these like you're exposing parts of yourself to them <laughs> that you wouldn't normally. Um, not in a dirty way. Uh, although, although sometimes. Although sometimes. Um, but like I'm just but then you go kind of on with your life. But I think even normal, you know, everyday people, like in, in you know, you go to college and you you get really close with people in college or you had a, a group of friends in high school and then everybody went to college and you you lose touch. And I think that I that, love though that that it ends it ends with the deliberate decision we're not going to do that and yeah. so maybe that's why we can excuse them staying together for 10 more years on the same ship because you know what it's a good ship to be on um yeah that's what really, that's what we're going to kind of have to end the episode uh uh because uh we have run long um but uh ultimately i think that i came into season seven of star trek the next generation thinking much more of it being as you said hit and miss there are things in this season the overemphasis on family, that sort of stuff that I don't like as much as other seasons. It is not my favorite season, but some of my favorite episodes are in this season. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think that uh, it, I think it's much maligned for, I think it's definitely better than season one. Um, and I think it's, it's definitely better than season two. And yes, I do feel the fatigue that they, uh, that they ascribe to it, but there is, there are so many moments of greatness. I think this, this season gets a little shit on me, even by me more than it should. So this overview has helped me rethink. Um, I think there are probably like two or three stinkers and like four or five that I feel like seem tired and then three or four there are just kind of okay. And then there's some really, really good ones like lower decks or preemptive strike and definitely all good things. You know, I think there, there, there's real joy to be found there. Um, and, uh, and that's all I got. So seven, that's season seven of Star Trek. So, um, okay. So we're going to get, uh, back into funny and silly stuff. I got some excellent stuff planned for the future. Uh, here at the time you're listening to this, you're probably getting a little bit close to uh, Thanksgiving. So, uh, have great travels. Make sure that you send uh, this out to people. Um, so when they're doing their travels, Thanksgiving, they are they they have something to listen to while they're driving. Yeah, and, flying. and I think that this this you know we're the only show. We're the only show worth listening to in the world. I just I think we it's a little it's been a little more family friendly. I mean, we still yeah. cuss, but we haven't you know. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's really it's, crossed it's, the line this one. So I'm just yeah, saying. no, we have not said anything <laughs> like we like getting fucked up the ass. Um, so that being said, my name is Justin. That hasn't been said. <laughs> All right. My name's Justin. My name's Alexia. Trick off. Trick off, bitches. Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. 
Trek Off, one word. Just search for Trek Off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it, if you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription, or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.